You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great assistance in Ramapi Shemesh Israel 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Shlach. We have a tremendously difficult story, very difficult to understand, very difficult to comprehend from beginning to end. The story of the spies, the Miraglim, what's happening? So let's tell the story. We'll try to ask a few questions. And Be'ezus Hashem, with Hashem's help, we'll be able to understand it at great depth and we'll be able to apply it to our lives as well. So the story begins, Hashem speaks to Moshe, He says to Moshe, send out the spies, send them to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel, and let them see what's going on there, who's there, how, how strong the people are, what kind of land it is, and let them come back and tell the people of Israel about the land. So that's what happens, the Moraglim, the spies, they go, and they spend 40 days in Israel, and wherever they go, so they see people dying, and they see these giants, they see unbelievable fruits, and they bring, bring back from the fruits, and they tell the people of Israel all about their trip. And of the 12 spies, one from each Shevet, one from each tribe, so 10 of them have an opinion. So they weren't asked for their opinion, but nevertheless they decided that they want to give their opinion, and they say how the land is beautiful, the land is great, however, it's a big however, they say that the land is too difficult to overcome, we can't do it, it's going to be impossible, there are giants, etc. Now there are two, Kalev, Kalev ben Yefuna, and Yehoshua, Yehoshua was the main student of Moshe, of Moses, and Yehoshua became the leader of the people of Israel afterwards. So Yehoshua and Kalev, they were the two people were Nitzalim, Me'atzas, Hamaraglim, they were saved from the evil idea of the Maraglim of the spies. And Kalev and Yehoshua both said, no, the land of Israel is good, and we can indeed go into the land of Israel. And what happens, so the people of Israel, they don't listen to Kalev, they don't listen to Yehoshua, they listen obviously to the ten spies, and they go berserk, and they say, we can't go into Israel, the whole nation is crying, this was on Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, and the people seem to have forgotten that Hashem had just taken them out of Egypt with unbelievable miracles. Question, so many questions, so many things that we need to ask. Well, let's start over here in Rashi. Rashi, um, chapter 13, verse 3. The Pasuk says, the verse there says, Moses sent them from the desert of Paran, based on the word of Hashem, Kulam they were all important people, the heads of the people of Israel. Rashi here says, Alpi Hashem, by the word of Hashem, Bershusa with his permission, Shlai Ikeval Yadai, Hashem didn't stop him. Kula Manashim, all of them were men. Kula Anashim Shabamikra, Lashin Chashivus. Whenever you have the word Anashim, it's always implying that they're important people. At that time, before they left, they were Ksherim. They were fine and upstanding individuals. Nevertheless, somehow, despite the fact that they were very good people, they were Rashi B'nai Israel, they were the heads of the people of Israel, they were very fine individuals. Nevertheless, somehow, when they got to Israel, they were, lo- were looking around the land of Israel, somehow they could only see the evil, they could only see bad in the land of Israel. They could only see the fact that they were giants and it would be impossible to overcome, impossible to conquer all of these difficulties. So, the question is, how did they make such a horrible mistake? How is it that there were ten of them and all they could see was evil? Whereas Kalev and Yehoshua, they had the power, somehow they were able to see the good. What was the difference between them? 
So the Ramchal writes in Mesil Sisharim, The Path of the Just, chapter 11, he's talking about the idea of Chemdas HaKavu, the desire for honor. And he says, the desire for honor, Hushegoram, this is what caused, according to Archazal, the Moraglim, the spies, to sin so grievously and say such horrible things about the land of Israel. Why, says the Ramchal? Because since they knew that when they would get into Israel, they would lose their great positions. I don't know how they knew this, but somehow they knew that when they would come into Israel, so they would no longer be these Nesim, these high individuals, these Chashuv individuals, these important individuals. They would be spread out amongst the land, and everyone would go to their way, and they would lose their status. That's why they said this negative thing about Israel. Now this presents us with a tremendous difficulty, because we're talking about Anashim Kshayim, we're talking about good, kosher, people, good people, upstanding people. Not only that, they were Rashi, B'nai Israel. they were the heads of the people of Israel. For all intents and purposes, we can say that these people were tzaddikim, they were righteous individuals. They were certainly, if they weren't super righteous, they were certainly very good people. Not the type of people that you would suspect of sabotaging an entire nation of Israel. The plan of God, sabotaging God's plan to bring the people of Israel into, into Israel. Why? Because they're going to lose their position. They're not going to be famous anymore. They're not going to be as chashuv, as important anymore. That's a tremendously difficult thing to understand. How is it possible that such people could intentionally sabotage the Jewish people's entrance into Israel? Another difficulty that we find is that Yehoshua and Kalev, those were the two people that did not join in in saying negative things about Israel. In fact, they said only positive things about Israel. So our sages tell us to what can we attribute the fact that Yehoshua and Kalev were both successful in saying only positive things about the land of Israel. So based on what we just read in the Ramchal, in Mesil Sisharim, that the reason that the ten people, those ten spies were not successful, they only had bad things to say about Israel because they were afraid of losing their position. So both Yehoshua and Kalev Either they both knew that they wouldn't lose their position, or despite the fact that they may have thought that they would lose their position, maybe they, they didn't care about that. They were more concerned about the honor of God than they were concerned about the honor of, of themselves. But that's not what Chazal say. Chazal say that Yehoshua, the reason that he was successful, was because Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses prayed on his behalf that he shouldn't give in to that Tasmaraglim, that he shouldn't fall into their trap. And Kalev, the reason that he was successful, the Gemara in Saita says that he was con- referred to as Ashkar, as someone who was blackened, because his face became blackened from all of his fasting, that he shouldn't, he didn't want to give in to the Atzas Maraglim, the idea of the spies. And he even went, our Chazal tells us, our sages tell us, he went down to Hebron. When the verse says that they went into Israel and he went down to Hebron, it's referring to Kalev, because he was the only one that went to pray at the cave of the patriarchs and the matriarchs. So he went to pray there so he shouldn't give in to the Atas Maraglim, the idea of the spies. What's going on? He has to pray, he has to be fasting so that he shouldn't give in. It was such a difficult thing, he couldn't help himself. What's going on? What's the understanding of this? So I believe, and this is based on something that I learned from my Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Yechiel Per of Farakaway. And I believe that the answer is, to all of these questions, that there's a concept of Nagia. Nagia a bias. A bias means that I have certain glasses that I put on and through those glasses I see the world. And although I'm looking at the world and I might see the world and I think I'm seeing reality, I'm really seeing the world through my glasses, through my vision, my perspective, my paradigm of what reality is supposed to be. 
that's how I perceive what's actually happening. And it may or may not be accurate. My opinion may or may not reflect what's actually occurring in the world. Nevertheless, every single thing that I do, every single thing that I see, every single thing that I say will be a reflection of how I see the world and how I want to see the world. That's the power of a bias. That's the power of a belief. Because through the lens of my belief, and it may be conscious or maybe subconscious, but through the lens of that belief, that's how I'll see the world, and that's how I'll understand reality. But not only that, but when there's a bias, and a person doesn't even realize that there's a bias, so it prevents him from understanding that there could be another view of reality, and it prevents him from understanding that perhaps his own view of reality is warped. Another thing that happens is when a person doesn't recognize his bias, when he doesn't realize that everything that he sees is filtered through his lens, through his understanding of how things should be, when he doesn't realize that. So he can't properly understand reality, and he comes to think that his view of reality is the only version of reality that could possibly be, and he'll do anything to protect his view of reality, anything to hold on to what he thinks is true. Now this is so clearly exactly what was going on with the Moragam, with the spies. What happened? They didn't intentionally go to Israel, look around and say, how can we sabotage the Jews from going into Israel because we're going to lose our jobs? It wasn't a conscious effort on their part to sabotage the Jewish people's entrance into Israel. That's not the pshat, that's not the true understanding of what's going on here. But rather, what was the problem? They didn't realize that they had this bias I don't know if it was conscious or it was subconscious, but it was there. It was beneath the surface. It was Everything that they saw was filtering through the lens of the fact that they knew that when they come back to the people of Israel with their report and they go into the land of Israel, they're going to lose their status. They're going to lose that greatness that they had. Now every time that they see something happening in Israel, it's filtered through that consciousness, through that awareness. Oh, and when I come back to, to the people of Israel, I'm going to lose my position. I'm going to lose my position. So when they saw these giants, they thought, Oh, these giants, they're so big, they're so incredible, we can't overcome these people. They didn't even realize that they were seeing everything in a negative light. And it was all a result of their lens, of their perspective, that they weren't even perhaps consciously aware of. Nevertheless, every single thing that they saw, they saw in a negative light because of that. So they saw the land of Israel, they saw the people dying. They didn't realize that it was Hashem who was causing them to die. All those people were dying so that they wouldn't notice that there were these spies coming in. No, they saw that the, they said, It's a land that eats up its inhabitants, everyone's dying there. And it's a land of giants, and it's a land that all the cities are too difficult to penetrate. It's impossible, we can't get up there, we can't get in there. And it was all a result of this distorted lens that they had. That's why Yahushua and Kalev, they needed so much prayer, so much divine assistance, because it's almost impossible for a person to overcome their biases if they don't even realize that they have a bias. They can't, you can't overcome it. Everything you see is going to be reflected by those biases. So Yahushua, he had the prayer of Moses, of Moshe, and Kalev, he was praying for himself the whole time. He came to Kever Avos, he came to Marasa where the patriarchs and matriarchs are buried, and he was praying, please God, save me, help me, protect me, that I shouldn't give in to their idea, I shouldn't give in to my biases. Hashem, everywhere he was going, he was, he was fasting, his face turned black, so that he shouldn't give in, he knew that he had to pray. The only way to overcome one's bias is first of all to recognize that, that one has a bias. But that's not even enough, because nevertheless a person is drawn by his bias against his will. 
only way to overcome one's bias is to pray and to pray and to pray, to dive into Hashem. Hashem, please help me. Protect me from my own bias. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be drawn after my desires. I don't want to be drawn after my heart. I want to be drawn after you, Hashem. I want to come close to you. I want to do your will, exclusively your will. That's all I want. When we're living in this world, we're trying to figure out what's going on. Is, is the spiritual world really there? Is it really happening? Or do we really have a soul? Or is everything just, we're from monkeys? What's going on? So every single second, our biases are telling us our covet, our honor, our desires, they're all pushing us in the direction of believing that we're just monkeys. We came from apes. That's what we want to believe. Of course we want to believe that because then we have no responsibility. Then we have no need to be moral, no need to be ethical, nothing. We don't need to do anything. There's no responsibility. If you're from an ape, you're an ape. It doesn't matter what I do. But, of course, that's what our bias wants us to believe. But the truth is that if we realize, we recognize that that's just coming from bias, we can really start to search for truth for real. But the only way that we can accomplish, yogati vimotsasi. There's a concept that if you want, in spirituality, you want to attain spiritual attainments, the only way is to put in the effort, but it's always going to be a gift from Hashem. It's motsasi, I found it. Because the only way to have success is by constant prayer, saying, Hashem, God, help me. For your Shekhinah's sake, not for my sake, whom I am nothing. For your Shekhinah's sake, for the sake of your divine presence. I want to reveal your presence in the world. I can't do it unless I have clarity, unless I see the truth, and my biases are blinding me. My negias, they're preventing me from seeing the truth. I can't. I can't go straight unless you draw me straight. Hashem, please help me. Please take me. Show me. Show me the path. Show me the way. That's the way that a person can overcome his biases. Only by recognizing that he has those biases and constantly praying to Hashem, davening to Hashem, that he should be able to overcome his biases and see the truth. I want to bless me and you and all of us that indeed we should overcome our biases. We should see the truth. We should see the spiritual reality. It's not so hard to see. It's a little bit hard to see, but it is there. It's, it's glowing. It's, you can see it. If you look for it, Hashem shows you His hand. The more we look for it, the more we'll find it. Thanks for listening. Have a great Shabbos.